We're here to help you navigate your business growth with strategic conversations and insights from experts in multiple industries. Welcome to Wayfinding Growth. This episode of Wayfinding Growth is brought to you by Sprocket Talk. If you're ready to take your HubSpot experience to a whole new level, you need to join Sprocket Talk as a free VIP member. That's right, free. Tutorials, courses, training, HubSpot updates, and so much more. Head to sprockettalk.com slash WG to join the movement and get an exclusive Wayfinding Growth deal. And welcome to the show. I'm Dan. Hi. And I'm Remington. Hey, what's up, man? So uh, this is a bonus episode. So for those who are keeping score, we are right in between episodes 11 and 12 of season two. So this is like 11.5. I don't know. Um, but we had to get this out. I love it. We had to get this out because we sat down with some amazing people on our team to talk about our experience at Inbound 19. What? How do you feel, man? Why do you feel about this episode? It just warms my soul. Like we talked for an hour. I feel like we could have talked for a whole week about our takeaways. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a testament to Inbound and what a great job they did. But, um, but hashtag coffee. <laughs> hashtag coffee. Man, bring no more. I guess you can't say no more power pass, but like when I say the word power pass, you pointed out, you're like, sounds like a dirty word when you say it, like you're angry. I'm like I am, yeah, I want no, coffee. For real, for real. But no, it was, it was really awesome. Um, I love the fact, like we even thought about this episode, like we dropped so much value in this episode because we want to share it with our own team. Mm-hmm. And I'm really stoked we get to share it with the world too. Cause I know there's a lot of people that I know that were like, oh, I really wish I went, but I wasn't able to make it. So mm-hmm. stoked about that. Yeah, man, for sure. And I can't wait for for listeners and viewers to get towards the end when we talk about two things. Number one, plug your podcast. Like, I love the fact that we have several podcasts here at Impulse Creative. Everybody's got different personalities, different takes on things. And like, listeners of Wayfinding Growth get to hear about Sprocket Talk and about Maiden Voyage. Mm. Um, but also then the question of who should speak at Inbound, that was fun, man. Yeah. Jackie's cool. like on fire too. So yes. That's good. So awesome, man. Any last thoughts before we get into it? No, enjoy. It's long, but it's awesome. It is worth every minute. All right, my friends, here's the bonus episode of season two. Enjoy. Welcome to this episode. And I say this episode generically because it's three podcasts in one. This crossover between Maiden Voyage, Sprocket Talk, and Wayfinding Growth. And today we're talking about all things Inbound 19 and how Impulse Creative stormed the city of Boston. We took it over, friends. We did I'm your host. I'm your host, Dan Moyle, with this little bit of thing here, but I've got so many people with me. I got I got from from Maiden Voyage, Jackie Friender, and Jen Villa. I've got from Sprocket Talk, George B. Thomas. Of course, my co-host on Wayfinding Growth, Remington, our CEO. So all of that, welcome. Let's get started. How's everybody doing? Good. Amazing. Awesome. Overwhelmed from inbound. Yeah. Yeah. Still definitely feel like the energy carried over from inbound though. I don't know about you guys. Like I came back feeling like fresh and ready to go this week. Absolutely. It's it's funny, Jen, because for, for me, inbound has always been the gas station where I fill my tank. Um, (laughs) and and, and a lot of people look at inbound as, well, shoot, it's over. And uh, Remington and I were talking actually as it was kind of concluding and we're like, you know what? Actually, it's just the beginning. Like now we got another 365 days and our tank's full. Let's rock and roll. Absolutely. That's a great perspective, you guys. Yeah, I'm always sad to see it end, but then, yeah, the next step is amazing. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm never sad to see it end because I'm exhausted. (laughs) Right? I'm so tired. My liver hurts. Like, 
I'm so tired. But then Monday morning, I'm like, oh my God, you guys have to hear about all this freaking awesome stuff we did last week. So Mm -hmm. I definitely need my weekend to rejuvenate myself. Um, But like I I agree with all of you, it, it is a pivotal spinning off point to end our year strong, but really just share this information with everyone we come in contact with. The fun part is we're only two minutes in, team, and we already have the tweetable moment for this episode. Jackie's liver hurts. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, it's so bad. Thankfully, we take a lot of steps to sweat it out. <laughs> That's right. But, hey, you can't, you can't have social without, like, food and drink, it seems like, right? Oh, for sure. Oh, I mean, I guess, yeah. I guess you can, you know, for those who don't drink, no problem. But, like, and that's yeah, dinner, though. Man, dude, for everybody who missed it from the team – if you're listening, I just I'm just saying, <laughs> missed out. Uh, so so I want to know. So I want to know uh, your biggest takeaway from Inbound 19, uh, Jackie. Why don't we start with you? Okay, good. Because I feel like everyone's gonna steal mine, so I'm glad I'm going first. <laughs> no, honestly, um, I don't want to fangirl, but my biggest takeaway from well, hold on there because no, I'm gonna say it. My biggest takeaway was. And from a learning perspective was from Anise Cavanaugh, um, who we've interviewed on Maiden Voyage, is a friend of the agency and Remington and Rachel's personally, and hopefully mine now personally too. I mean, I can always hope. Like I'm going to slide into her DMs, you know what I mean? But um, Anise talks about intention and presence. And I have noticed myself that sometimes I don't come into meetings if I know what Oh, I don't want to do this meeting. I got, you know what I mean? Like you can come in with this attitude and I don't mean to do it, but it just happens sometimes. And it was a really good gut check reminder that like I show up how I, how, how I, how I should show up and how I am showing up, how that reflects my family, my team, myself, and just gave me a really good kick in the pants to show up how I want to show up and not how I feel like it's expected or I should, or I have in the past. Um, and so she is a queen and I honor her so much and love her teachings and just seeing her in person was fantastic. But really that was my biggest takeaway. It was a gut check for myself to be like, be better, do better for myself, for my team and for my family. So good. So good. And yeah, I want to be in, in, in her friendship circle. She was fantastic to me. So, um, and, and I love, you know, I mean, I loved her on, on your episode of Maiden Voyage. Uh, I can't wait to read Contagious You. Yeah. Coming out in November. Like, just, yeah. man, so good. She uh, just, like, radiates this aura of awesome. Mm-hmm. Her bubble, right? I want to, like, see Another tweet from Jackie. She radiates this aura of awesome. And her energy is so contagious. You're smiling just seeing her. Yeah, I know. Hey, George, <laughs> how about you, man? What, uh, you've been to a number of inbounds. What was your biggest takeaway from inbound 19 specifically? Yeah, um, you know, to be honest with you, it's the lack of people who use the Domino's pizza ordering app. Like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I did actually ask that question <laughs> in my talk. Did you use the app while you were there? I didn't use the app while no, I was at Inbound. No, I should have. But but here's the thing, and where I'm leaning into this is one of the things I love to do as a speaker at Inbound is pull the audience and kind of learn a little bit about what they're doing in their daily lives and work lives. And I literally asked the question, so, you know, by a show of hands, how many of you have used the Domino's pizza app? And it was like 20% of the room. 
And I was like, dang on, y'all need to order some more pizza. Like what's going on? <laughs> but, but, I, but I love, I love those kind of moments with the audience. And, and really for me, my biggest takeaway, um, if I take a step back and again, it's a little bit of a different perspective because uh, going since 2012, hitting a ton of sessions for the first three, four years, I honestly don't hit a lot of sessions. I look for those hallway moments and conversations. Um, and so if I think back, like what was the earth shattering moment? Like what was the conversation that I grabbed and, and took with me and brought back home? Honestly, it was in the Weston lobby and it was talking to Doug Davidoff. Um, and he was trying to like melt my mind as we were <laughs> talking. It's like, and, I'm a break. So, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and he prefaced it like, am I allowed? He looked at Remington. He's like, am I allowed to break George? Uh, and Remington <laughs> just laughed and I'm like, well, that's not a real friend. Uh, but, <laughs> But we had a great conversation, um, and and it's funny because you just look at like speaking it in balance. You look at the impulse creative brand. You look at the five of us there, and all the conversations and and the the feeling that we were getting from people, and and it's those intimate conversations with single individuals that really at this point mean the most to me when I go to inbound. George, I have to say, I witnessed this breaking of George. I was coming down the escalator and your body language was like so leaned in, right? Like you were like, like, tell me all your secrets. Like you were breathing him in. So I'm so glad that that, I don't know what it was spoken about, but curious. <laughs> we're just still recovering. <laughs> you were like leaning into him. I knew that like an epiphany was happening, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny, Jackie, I'm glad that you mentioned this because I hope all the listeners and viewers like, when you have an opportunity, when somebody loves you enough that they'll pull down the gate and they'll be like, I just want to talk to you about how I feel, what I see, and what I think is happening around you, your brand, your life, whatever it is. Like, I hope everybody will lean into that because I think sometimes a lot of folks will lean back and be like, oh, let me guard myself. Let me put my wall up. Right. And, and you're right, Jackie. I was like, well, hell yeah. Like, Boom. And I was in the moment. I wanted to hear it um, yeah. because the only way that will ever change to become better in life or business is leaning into like the market. What does the market think we are and how do, how do we position and journey from that point right there? Yeah. Yeah. So good. Oh, all right, Jen, uh, I want to, I want to get from you cause I know you went to a ton of sessions and we're in like learning mode. What was your uh, yeah. takeaway? Jen is always in learning I mean, mode. True. That's something I admire about her. Oh, she thank you. Content like nobody's business. Right? I, I do. I do. Um, honestly, I know I was talking to you guys internally about this, but I still think like, my biggest takeaway was that first night when I saw Elizabeth Gilbert speak. Yeah. I don't know if it was just because the energy was there. I was excited about Inbound that I was just like super focused on everything she said, but she was also just a phenomenal speaker and had a lot of great things to share. But the thing that I remember the most was she, she talked about stop making excuses for not doing the things that you want to do in life. And she poised a very profound question that I wrote down in my notebook. And I've been almost like saying it as a mantra to myself now since like every day since she said, what are you willing to give up to have the love pretending to want? And for me, I, I feel like this kind of seeped into my personal life because, um, you know, at impulse creative, I'm a writer. So I write for eight hours a day and one big goal work on my own book. I want to be a published author one day. And I would say to my friends all the time, like, oh, I'm just so tired. I just wrote all day for work. Like I can't write anymore. 
I'm just sapped. I'm done. And it really resonated with me because I feel like I take pride in saying like, I'm a writer and I want to honor what I love and I want to declare what's sacred to me and defend it. So I've taken her advice now and I'm waking up an hour early before work every day to write um, so I can do my writing before I do my work writing. Um, and I was just so energized by that. I love that, that question she poised, that mantra. And I challenge anyone listening to ask yourself that too. And, and say, say that again for me. Like how did, what did she say? She said, what are you willing to give up to have the life that you are pretending to want? So in that context, like I'm saying to everyone like, oh, I'm a writer. And they're like, well, you're not. You don't have like your own book out or anything. Right. Um, so to me, I wanted to stop like pretending that this is the thing I am and actually be it. Boom. Right. right yo, there. Yo, <laughs> this, mic drop. This, episode, this episode is getting <laughs> deep. <laughs> like holy yeah. and I mean, good. I mean, in a good way. Like some of the listeners may find this challenging, and I, I hope they do, because the fact that these are the conversations and what we're pulling out of what is a, a marketing, a sales and marketing conference, event. right? Yeah, yeah, so good. All right, so Remington, what's your oh, man? The, the 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 captain of our ship, the leader of our company, uh, yeah. this, this inbound guy. What was your biggest takeaway? Yeah, I thought I told Rachel you said that. <laughs> I mean, Fair enough. I mean, I- so, so I'm excited that you guys all have takeaways. Um, for one, the other is so I, you know, I've been coming to Inbound since 2013. So it's been similar to George. I've been coming for a long time, not as long as Dan. Dan's been <laughs> going to Inbound since before I was Inbound. But um, I think this is my first year speaking, so it felt different, mostly on a stress level. Um, one of my biggest takeaways is we've been busting our butts as a group and I'm like tearing up already. God. And, um, but like we've been busting our butts as a group and I'm not just talking about the five that are on today, you know, all 14 people and the people that helped us get where we're at at impulse from a journey point of view. And I always see, um, inbound as a shot in the arm to be motivated and excited, but I also see it as a uh, measuring point for us, it's almost like, you know, every year you come back and like, how have we changed? And brand is really hard to measure. Um, but being at inbound and like we were all wearing the impulse shirts and the sprocket talk stuff, like there was a lot of yo impulse, like in the hallways, mm-hmm. people I've never met. And I think there's like 12 countries I wrote down that like our reach is pretty profound. And I think a lot of times people can very easily get stuck in the, in the trenches instead of understanding like that reach, you know? So I thought that that was pretty incredible, but like the pivotal thing for me was Darmesh's talk. Um, I, I would go to inbound just for Darmesh's talk every year, but Darmesh did something really um, crazy this year was he was so vulnerable to what? 26,000 people. And, um, we'll put it in the show notes, the link to the actual, to the actual keynote, but he literally opened it up with like, I can't swim. I'm afraid of swimming and companies need to like embrace, um, embrace their different and kind of talk about that stuff. But 
he brought a really great example about diversity that allows people that I don't think allows people to get into this bucket of do we embrace diversity or not. He talked about it from an importance point of view that I thought was pretty incredible. Um, one of the best ways he did it was talking about how YouTube didn't work for uploading recordings way back when. And I thought that that was pretty impactful. He said 20% or something like that of videos were coming in upside down when they were uploaded and no one, none of the engineers could figure it out until they realized that that 20% is the same split of left-handed people that were their audience. And, and I thought that was pretty incredible because when you think about that, they record upside down because they're using the other hand. The camera is upside down to a right-handed person, not upside down to a normal human. And I thought that that brought across a really interesting point of view because it's easy to say that you care about diversity it's another thing to, um, like, I think if anyone asked YouTube at that point, whether they cared about diversity or were intentional about diversity, they would have been like, yeah, we care about diversity, but their engineering team totally missed that mark. And I think that as companies being able to really be customer centric from all the different audiences and all the different languages and all the different backgrounds and all those things is like, was really, really kind of crazy. So that was that was like one of the big like ahas like broke my mind. And I knew, I think I was sitting next to George when I said it, like as soon as they said it came in upside down, I'm like, it's because they were left-handed. Holy crap. Like it was like a, a big, like, Oh my God, how could we've not thought about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a little bit of compassion and thinking that way goes a long way in business and in, in personal. So I thought it was very Pivotal and interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. Remember, as they were telling the story, I started to think I always love how the YouTube video will like rotate no matter which way you're holding your phone. Right. And I guess I guess we can thank our lefty uh, left hand friends for that yeah. because you know it's it's a fix to to what was one time an issue that shouldn't have been an issue. It's funny you talked about uh, uh, getting shout outs for Impulse Creative. One of the funniest moments, and it was kind of vulnerable slash mortifying. Is when somebody yelled out "Sprocket Man," and I was like, "Oh God!" Like this did not just happen. But anyway, I think, I think anyway. we also got Sprocket Dude. <laughs> Sprocket Dude yeah. But Dan, Dan, I want to turn uh, the lens on you for a hot second because inquiring minds want to know. Dan Moyle, the man who has gone to inbound before it was inbound, he was inbound before it was cool. Like, what was your biggest takeaway from this year? Like you, like you, George. You know, being to so many. Early on, it was all about going to sessions and learning, and like so much so that I was frantic in between sessions, like almost pushing people out of my way, uh, not saying hi to people in the hallway, on my phone constantly, you know, schedule in my hand, like I got to get to this thing. Uh, and it was great, and I love that. And the fact, Jen, that you went to so many sessions on behalf of us to learn and bring that to us, super grateful for. The evolution of inbound for me has become that moments in the hallway, the hallway moments, as you said, George, uh, the West End lobby, that kind of stuff. So, so that, so that's been the evolution. Now, with that said, I did go to a couple of sessions and I chose very carefully what I was going to go to. Of course, I filled out my, my agenda ahead of time. I knew that I wanted to go to some great sessions, but then having the actual choice in the moment is when I was like, okay, this is the one that I have to go to. I cannot miss this at all. And, and there were two that I went to. One was Tony Chapman that George, you interviewed and he talked about our unconscious bias, amazing presentation. If you get a chance to look up Tony, go do that. But the biggest takeaway I had was, was kind of an, uh, I mean, to me, very interesting, but, but unique to me. <clears throat> so I went to Geraldine DeRoyter's session and the title is uh, the smart woman's guide to, uh, to, 
to surviving online harassment. So, so I know Geraldine uh, a little bit. She was on my personal podcast at one time. Uh, so was Rand, uh, who was her husband. And, and I've been following Geraldine for a long time. I love her writing. I love her different perspective than what I have as a, a dude in the Midwest. She's a, a woman, a feminist on the West Coast, phenomenal perspective. So I knew going in that like this was going to be different than anything I would go to. But the reason I went in part, even though the, the title was a little bit misleading, it wasn't just a smart woman's guide. It was anyone's guide to surviving harassment that starts online, but harassment is still offline too. And so I went thinking, I want to learn about it, see her perspective and figure out if I can help add a voice to change this. And it was so, it was that and so much more. And it just, my gosh, like you, you have to go listen to her. And what I took away was also her delivery. This is a very serious thing, a very deep kind of like heavy thing to talk about. I mean, she's been called everything from the C word to, to worse, if you can. Uh, she's been given uh, she's been handed out death threats. It, it's incredibly heavy, but she delivered it with humor at times that made us all laugh to get through the discomfort. And it really endeared me to her and her presentation. Um, and, and the final thing is the side, the side best part to it was I sat down and this woman sat down next to me and I said, Oh, hi, I'm Dan. You want to make, you know, make new friends and sit with new people. And she's like, sure. My name's Kirsten. And we talked for a minute and I, I kept thinking, you seem familiar. And she said, I, I do some graphic design. I do some other stuff, but also uh, I happen to be married to Dharmesh Shah. I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. This is kind of cool. So my, my, so that my other biggest takeaway was talk to people. My goodness. Is that all we had? That was just, that was just the first part. <laughs> so I feel like our takeaways are kind of our favorite moments too. I, I had a, I had a favorite moment of mine that I want to share. Um, but I, but I want to hear everybody else's too. Like outside of the takeaways, did you have a favorite moment? Um, so I'm gonna throw mine out there real quick. My favorite moment was sitting in the Western lobby and Brian Halligan sits on next to us to have drinks with us and just visit. No agenda, no, hey, do you love the product? Just sitting down. And I gotta say, he feels to me like the Steve Jobs of our generation. Mm. Like HubSpot has become this huge thing in our world and he is that. It's just, so for him to sit down and, and know us all, to get to know us, to, like, yeah, that was, that was an awesome moment. Um, Jen, how about you? What was one of your favorite moments? I attended this woman's talk. Um, her name is Lauren Miller, and she talked to her subject was on courageous conversations. And I was instantly thrown off by when I walked into the room because instead of a line of chairs, there were small individual tables that could only seat maybe three to four people. And I came in like a little early, not too early, but all of the individual tables were taken. So I was forced in that moment to sit down at a table <laughs> with a stranger and have a courageous conversation. And I just thought that it was so clever. Obviously, I know the speaker did it on purpose. Um, and it took me a minute to realize that was the first time, maybe it was like a, it was on the third day that I had like a long talk with someone sitting next to me, not just like a, Hey, how are you? Where are you from? Like we talked for the like eight minutes until the presentation opened and then connected on LinkedIn afterward. And she's like, so great to meet you. Um, I feel like that's something that inbound should consider doing for more of their sessions. I know that they have a high volume of people that are trying to compress in one room, but that was so impactful to me. A great takeaway. Uh, Jackie, what was one of your favorite moments? I'll have two. Soup, dumplings. <laughs> I That's go to true. Boston for the inspiration, but like <laughs> soup, dumplings. I like Hashtag Chinatown. 
I talk about it all year long. Like a friend of mine who is in, in a sales role at um, a really big company out of Manhattan is from Boston. And he was like, oh my God, your trip looks so good. What did you do? And I was like, dude, I, I had soup dumpling. And like, he's from Boston. And we talked about, I, I, I hate to like lean in to try and tell a little bit here, but it's not just like, it's something I don't get to experience here. We took clients with us, Jen and I, we had like a little adventure. Last year I did it with colleagues and we like, we felt like we were cutting school because we like left mid session to like go get soup dumplings. And it was like <laughs> such a fun experience then too. So for me every year, this has become like now a thing that I do and I look forward to it. And it, it, it's just, it, I just recommend it. It's just, a, you know, it's fun to, to sneak away for a minute and share a moment with people over a good meal. So I really love Chinatown. Thank you, Boston. Um, and then, Something else that um, was a really good favorite moment of mine uh, was I kind of held court in the Weston lobby for about three hours um, one of the days and had four clients come and meet with me and just chat. And we'd never met in person. And like, I had a time slot with Remington. I had a time, Jen and I did a, a maiden voyage uh, podcast recording and I just kind of took up some space in the West End. And that was really invaluable to me because I got to meet these people, have some chit chats with them. And it's ultimately just going to grow our professional relationship with them as an agency. And um, it is something very valuable. And if I could say, like, we got our money's worth, at least from my ticket, it was really from those encounters that I got to have that day. Again, it comes down to those relationships, right? Yeah. Huge. Uh, Remington, how about a favorite moment for you you can look back on? So the hallways in a couple different ways. <clears throat> so it was my first time speaking. So that's been a goal of mine since 2013. Literally had that conversation with my wife. Like, I'm going to be there. And she was like, yeah, I know you will. And then it took a little bit longer than I expected, but, but totally, um, totally made it. I didn't die. So that was awesome. But, um, but after, after the conversations, um, you know, and, and I went like all in both hands, both feet because there was two, um, two presentations I did on Tuesday and then I had a Thursday and a Friday because we had encores for both of the, both of the sets. So it went from like, Hey, I want to speak to, Hey, you're going to speak all week. Um, <laughs> which was a good thing, but the, the feedback I got and the appreciation and, um, just like the overall impact, this goes back to a little bit on the brand side too, but like I was sitting in a corner actually, and this sounds pretentious trying to have a conversation on the phone away from people. And I had people lining up just to like, just to say, Hey, I want you to know that you're, you know, that you really changed my mindset on something, or I want you to know that I want to be like you when we grow up as an agency. And I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, like, hang on, <laughs> you know, but so that was a lot of fun. But then just knowing that, you know, there's people that come around that have similar um, direction, but come from different backgrounds. It was really crazy. Like there was one guy from Finland, another, a couple of Aussies that we talked to. And it was just like, we all have the same problems. So like, it was, it was just really awesome that way. So it happened like literally all week. Um, but it was really cool just to know that, that I left an impression on someone and that as a company, we left an impression um, that, it was just one of those things like it was just another one. It got to a point at the end where he started cracking jokes about it. Like, oh man, let me just walk around like this. But it was it was really amazing. 
That's cool. Yeah, those are good moments. Uh, hey, George, what's yeah. your favorite moment from Inbound 19? Oh, I'm sorry. And Weston. Oh, and Weston, uh, Weston yes. Weston Lobby. Yeah, like, hands down. Magic happens in the Weston Lobby, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, uh, let me let me just throw out a pro tip. Like, you should always Weston. book the Weston. Like, you should always book the Weston. And if you didn't hear me, you should always book the Weston. Like, it just makes it so much simpler. I so highly recommend, even for your feet, guys, even yeah. because you don't have to go far at the end of the day, but, like, the, that is, without a doubt, I think, some of the most valuable moments we had, even as a team, was being in that Weston lobby together. 100%. So I'm going to cheat because as the OG of Impulse Creative, and when I say that, I mean old guy of Impulse <laughs> um being able to watch Remington get what he deserves, and let me explain that. Um, hard work pays off. Um, being a great human being pays off. Um, adding value into the world and giving selfishly of yourself, uh, the tactics, the strategies, uh, your soul, your spirit, it always pays off. Uh, and, and if you're listening to this, like lean into that direction. So as the OG, the old guy, I had like these kind of papa moments where knowing it was his first time speaking at, at inbound. Um, knowing how I wanted to literally poop myself like the first time I was on that stage and to watch him navigate uh, the stages and the people. Um, it just was like, to me, that was a real wow moment. And I was super happy for him being able to live and bask and, and enjoy um, all the valleys that he's had to go through to get to that mountaintop moment. So, so that was part of it. But, but I got to be honest with you too. Like, you know, here, here's the funny thing. You, you set a goal and, um, you, you know, this goal is going to equal this said journey. And you understand that there's some mile markers that you have to hit along the way. Okay. Uh, well, we're going to take and we're going to, you know, uh, we're going to make this thing called Sprocket Talk. It's going to be a podcast and we're going to do videos and we're going to do updates and tutorials. And, um, well, now let's take this podcast idea and actually make it like, a place that people can come and hang out and let's like, let's make it a website. And so these are mile markers that we've been chugging along at. Um, and, and you, you have these things that you think are going to happen. HubSpot users are going to start to like, know, and trust us. Some agencies are going to start to know, like, and trust us. But one of my most like mind boggling, holy crap, that just happened. Wow. Moments has everything to do with, HubSpot employees. So, for instance, we are sitting again. Guess where we're sitting, people? In the West, uh, and we are talking. This podcast to, is not sponsored by West. It's not sponsored by the West, <laughs> but it should be. It should be. We were talking to Jill Fradnani, right? She's an amazing HubSpotter, and she was like, "Look, when I want to know what's going on with HubSpot, I watch your videos." And I was like, "Uh, what just happened?" And and if it was just one person, that'd be fine. But Remington and myself heard this multiple times yeah. from multiple HubSpot employees. And then even to have somebody like C. Todd, uh, Christopher O'Donnell, for those of you uh, who are wondering what the crap that actually meant, um, who is like a dude, like a main dude in HubSpot go, bro, like when am I going to be on your podcast? Like <laughs> that, that whole thing for me was like, okay, this is an outcome that I couldn't even foresee in this goal and journey that I thought we were on as impulse creative and leveraging Sprocket Talk to add value into a community. So that, that for me was, was mind blowing. Yeah. Sprocket guy. Sprocket dude. Sprocket man. Sprocket man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to come up with a song. I swear I am. I'm going to, we're going to do that. All right. Let's do it. Uh, 
So I'm going to cheat since I, I can do this. I'm on the host. I want, I want to throw in one more. Uh, my favorite moment was on stage with you, Remington and George for Sprocket Talk mm. Live. That was incredible. So, uh, Jackie, Jen, if you want me on Maiden Voyage, I'm available. Um, <laughs> but that was a great conversation. So thank you guys for that. Yeah. So I want to, I want to know. So George, you talked about goals. So I want to talk about goals for a minute. You think back to when you knew you were going to go to inbound 19 and you, and you knew what you wanted to get out of it. Everybody think back on, on what you were hoping for. And I want to know, did it happen? Uh, Remington, I'll start with you. Did what you hoped for happen with inbound 19? Yeah, I didn't die. <laughs> set that um, bar low baby yeah yeah i didn't die um no so yeah absolutely um it was so i went in i say low expectations um inbounds changed a lot over the years and i over the past few i started to get a little concerned it was turning more into entertainment than something that had like a true north mm-hmm. um this year they knocked it out of the park so i went there with a i need to survive um, and at the same time, I want to be able to go in and take that temp check on brand people, um, personal brands, like across the board. And uh, 100% we hit goal. The the event, I think, was the most aligned I've ever seen it um, in regards to messaging and direction. Um, and like I left it, I left it very fulfilled, exhausted. But very fulfilled, and I thought it was fantastic. Cool. So, George, you think back on what you were hoping to accomplish or hoping to happen at this inbound. Did it happen for you? Yeah, so I actually want to share a personal thing and a professional thing, Dan. And I'm glad that you asked me next because Remington uh, jokingly said I didn't die. And uh, and <laughs> on, the personal, on the personal side of this, um, nobody at inbound 2019 knows – uh, that for the last month and a half, I've been dealing with health issues. Um, and so I was going into inbound 2019 with knees and ankles uh, and a body that didn't want to walk, didn't want to move uh, because I've been diagnosed with RA. And I was fearful of like, huh, uh, I'm going to get on a stage and I'm going to walk a bazillion steps. Um, I'm going to die, literally, like. <laughs> But the fact personally that I made it through that, that nobody even got a glimpse of like something was happening to me or going on in my personal life, um, I achievement unlocked. Good to go. Now, on a business level, um, I wanted to make sure that I created a presentation deck that people engaged with and generated leads for Impulse Creative and Sprocket Talk moving forward. Uh, yes, Dan. That happened. Uh, leads are still coming in. There was a bulk of them when it was over. Now people are settled back in like us and getting acclimated back to work. And, and they're, so they're coming in. It's, it's generating leads, meaning they're becoming members of the site. But uh, as far as my goal of engagement with my deck, the fact that for the first time ever in my life, and I fully understand it may be the last time ever, uh, I was hashtag trending. In Boston during my talk with hashtag GBT video and, and that to me was like, okay, yes, this deck worked. This idea worked. Um, and, and I lean into that because I want all the listeners and viewers to realize like if you have an idea and you think it's stupid or you think it's smart, doesn't matter either way, attempt it because you never know the outcome until you attempt it. And if it was dumb, hey, try a different one. But dang, if it was smart, 
then you end up having these magical moments. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I know I know that your trending is less about your ego and more about helping. You've reached more people. Like that's that's great. But it's also fun to know that like, did you trend it on Twitter in Boston during inbound? <laughs> right. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah. So now it's a race. Now it's a race to see who gets verified first. So I'm just saying. <laughs> My my wife knows my obsession with that Twitter verified. Uh, Jackie, you're goal oriented. We've had this, these discussions in other areas of the, of the business. Did you have goals set up for inbound 19, and did you meet them? Yeah, um, like I said about my favorite moment, it, it was to engage with my clients, to engage with I my thought, people. I thought you were going to say it was to eat the dumplings in Boston. <laughs> That box was clearly right. checking. Sorry. Go to my uh, my Instagram feed yeah. and Sorry. tell about it. Um, <laughs> Meet with your clients. You were saying. <laughs> no, um, like really, um, I also I've been to inbound a few times, and my experience has evolved over the years as well as like all of ours. And this was the first inbound where I can say I had like friends, like. I knew people from other agencies who were going to be there, like people who maybe I worked with before or I connected with at other inbounds, but like actually felt like I could walk up and be like, oh my God, it's so good to see you again. And like really dive into those relationships. And this was the first year where I kind of took that pivotal turn from I'm an attendee and I'm going to sessions to I feel like I have a foothold in this industry. I know people, people know me. And, um, I was really proud about that. Um, I've been in and out of this inbound industry, um, for a few years and really into it for the last three. And, um, that for me, it was a really nice, like validation of like my career, the, the footprint I'm lying for myself and, and really just the connections I've made previously. So meeting with clients, but also like seeing my friends. Um, was and making new ones because I made a lot of new friends this year that I'm super excited about connecting with and kind of keeping those relationships going for next year. So I will be uh, at Inbound next year because I got a lot of people to see. Absolutely. And, and you've got a dumpling lunch that I uh, would love an invitation to. Yeah. Um, there. <laughs> okay. Dumplings for all. There you go. Uh, yeah, you and you are. But you a, have a, to eat what I order. You can't order your own thing, right, Jed? Okay. <laughs> I did partake. I'm not even like a big meat eater, but I had like the soup dumpling with the meat in it just because it's an experience that you just have to try. So I am a advocate for saying like, even if you're not sure, go in and do it because it, <laughs> it was delicious. I love that right there. That's another tweetable moment. I'm yes, not a yeah. big meat eater, but I attempted the dumplings. <laughs> <laughs> the food, man, the food at Inbound. Every year, people, my my family asks me, so what did you eat weird this year? Because I've had fresh eel. I've had snails. Uh, I tried oysters there for the first time. I had my, my first, like, real lobster. Inbound. Like, it's yeah, the food, man, the food. This year was the steak. I've had steak before, but anyway. Um, yes. Oh, so much good stuff. Uh, yeah, everybody, so everybody hit their goals. Awesome. Uh, so I want to know. So everything sounds amazing. This is like nirvana for us, right? Heaven for us. But if you could change one thing about inbound, what would that look like? And I'm just going to let somebody raise their hand and go first. Mm. All right, George, go for it. Mm. Uh, hashtag inbound went too far. Mm. And and what I mean by that is I heard multiple times as we are walking around, uh, man, it feels like less people. Uh, do you think they lied about 26,000 people? Um, and what might – not be known by many attendees is there was a bunch of sessions happening in the Westin. 
there was literally sessions happening over at the Aloft in other hotels. And so they they tried to spread it out so much that then it didn't feel as uh, big of movement as everybody was expecting it to feel. The fact that HubSpot Academy wasn't in Club Inbound. Yeah. Um, those types of things, like they just went too far. I, th- I think they understand that. I think they'll regroup. I think that kind of closing it in and, again, making it feel like a movement uh, is very important. And so if I could change one thing, I would just bring it back in, people. Bring it back in. Yeah. yeah absolutely. George, Jackie, I'll you? piggyback off of that, actually, because if it said aloft in the location, I was a hard no. Because I knew that I wouldn't have enough time to get there, get back, go to the bathroom, get a cup of coffee. Like you have 30 minutes in between sessions, sometimes less. Um, and so for me, unfortunately, if you were speaking there, I, I, I wrote it off completely. So I could have missed some really great stuff because of, of that scenario. Um, but then real quick, just some things I would change. I didn't like Club Inbound this year. And I put this in my feedback to them, actually, that it there were lots of closed off installations. And I missed some because I didn't even realize it was a thing that I should be going into. Like, put a sign up, people. Give me some direction on how to use. I shouldn't have to have a user's manual on the main spotlight area. But it was a bit confusing to me and a lot of wasted space, I felt like. And I also was really sad that the HubSpotters weren't there because last time we got to hook up with, like, our HubSpot contacts every day, multiple times throughout the day because they were right in our faces. And this year, I saw one passing in the hallway because they just weren't at, at that station. So I did not like Club Inbound this year at all. And then um, my other thing would be, like, coffee, people. Yes. Four years years ago, there were free coffee. Preach it. The price has gone up. The price of coffee probably has not gone up. Get me some (laughs) coffee in between sessions. Crazy. I'm not paying $8 for a cup of coffee at Starbucks at the West End. I ain't doing it. I did it once. Or wait in the line. Good Lord. You have to miss a session if you want a cup of coffee. You have to miss a session. Or get down there at 630. I did that one morning. Mm -hmm. Only one. That's it. All right. That's it for me. Another pro tip. Another pro tip. There is a Dunkin' right on the outside of the Westin. So if you don't want to stick around for uh, Starbucks, they're their their competitor right there. You go out and you turn right and boom, bada bing, bada boom. All right. Anyway. How about you, Jen? So, yeah, go ahead, Jen. So mine is like kind of like a more like self-growth oriented, like something that I would change, not specifically about inbound itself. I feel like, and and let me know if you guys ever felt this way too, but sometimes I go into a session or just inbound in general thinking I'm going to find like a secret weapon, like something that I never thought of before that's going to revolutionize my approach. I'm going to find some special tactic. I realize that's probably not going to happen, but I felt like I went to a lot of sessions this year that were just affirmation that I was doing it right. Hmm. It felt good to go in some sessions and say like, yeah, I know this already. I got this. And to find gratitude in smaller things, especially things that involve your development as a person. And just like for me in general, as a writer, I took away a lot of stances for just understanding people, psychology behind it, people's motives was kind of my secret tactic without there being something tangible to take away. So I'd say like my advice for someone about like inbound would be to change your mindset about like what you're going to take away from sessions and just look for, um, 
a small thing or a grand takeaway instead of looking for some sort of like secret sauce that you were hoping to find because it is what you make of it. Yeah. So long time ago, I came for the knowledge. Now I feel like I come for the confirmations. Yeah. To be big headed. But yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So my biggest thing is hashtag bring back the orange. And I mean that on HubSpot, but I also mean that I also mean that like the soul of inbound legit is HubSpot, even if they're not going to sell HubSpot. And I think they pulled it so far away. Maybe it's because of space concerns or whatever, where they only had computers, like they had computers and a few people like talking about what HubSpot did. And I talked to a lot of people that had no idea what HubSpot was. And that was, that was pretty crazy because you know, I talked to a couple of the HubSpotters and the people putting the event together. Only about 30% of the people in the at the event were actually HubSpot users, and so wow. I get I get why they were pulling HubSpot away, but I think they went too far because the for the other 30%, the evangelists, the people that like bleed orange, like we do at Impulse, I felt very disconnected, especially in the club inbound area, because that's an area where like I can network. And kind of talk to people and it was like walking around and there was none of that connection except for a couple salespeople that were going to show you recordings on a screen. So, so bring back the orange. I think it's okay to have orange and not promote HubSpot heavily, but like, I felt like they just kind of removed their soul for a little bit. But that being said, it was a great inbound. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it's interesting, Remington, and I just thought about this as you were speaking about that point. It's almost like the cable company, right? The cable company will offer people a discount if they've never been a customer. But the people who have been customers for like 15 years, they still got to pay the high prices because their discount went away. So they're, you're literally crushing the evangelists, the people who are using your product, and they're getting ticked because they can't get a discount. The 30% of HubSpotters make 90% of the noise for their freaking product. So, so put an orange O in inbound, will you? <laughs> yes, 100%. Orange flag in the ceiling. Like what is going on here? I right. felt like it was so white. I thought I was at a wedding. Like it was, <laughs> it was crazy to me. It's, so, it's true. So, Fair. So take a note from the cable companies and, and really give a little bit to the 30% evangelists that are going to make some noise about your event. Otherwise, we're in trouble. Man, great points. And yeah, and obviously, this is feedback to make it better and better. And this was a great inbound. Um, my two things, I agree with Jackie completely. The fact that you give free coffee to only those who pay the most, the Power Pass uh, holders. Like an extra eight or $900 for that. Yeah. Too. And I'm like, no, give it to everybody. You, it's If we talk so much about user experience, customer experience, and, and this experience mm. thing, right? Like coffee is a small thing. Sure, it might be a big price tag. But I mean, come on, it's, it's coffee. And then my other thing is super small detail, but I found myself not being able to read the name badges. Give me a big first name or preferred name or however you want to call it on that badge. Nice and big. Yeah. So when I walk up to somebody and I'm like, Oh, George. Okay. Yeah. I remember George now. Right. I'm not very looking awkward. awkwardly. Yeah. It's very yes. awkward as a man walking through and like wanting to have a conversation with, with someone that, uh, down like this while you're like while you're trying to have that conversation right um, especially especially when you're an old dude and you forget your glasses <laughs> it's over it's over it's like hey how you been like yeah, yeah. i get it and the other the other thing was the session names weren't on the walls it was the speaker names and i know a lot of people that knew 
what topic they were going to see, not by who the people were. So like, I appreciate it as a speaker, my name was real big, but like, I think I would have cared more if um, the subject matter was larger. Again, those are like, it's like water under the bridge. The rest of the event was so incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Figure out, we all saw great speakers, but I want to know who you think should speak at Inbound next year. Who should they go after? Jen, what do you think? Oh my God, I'm like a broken record with this. Um, But I love Brene Brown. I think she's absolutely sensational. Everything she talks about, about courage and vulnerability and even like shame, I feel like it could be very applicable to marketers in general and transforming their, not only like their career and their, their role, but themselves as people. Um, and I would just literally do a cartwheel. I can't even do a cartwheel, but I would attempt <laughs> to do a cartwheel if she were to be at inbound next year. <laughs> awesome. All right. Brene Brown. That's a good one. Check Jackie. How about you? Who do you want to see them on? Me. You? All right. We'll get yes, that. Yeah. Declaration to the world. I'm applying. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I'm doing it. Um, but uh, also not me, uh, Rachel Hollis. She is like an inspirational, motivational speaker and an author. She wrote like Girl Wash Your Face and Girl Stop Apologizing. And I follow her on Instagram and she's freaking amazing. And I think that um, she would kill a spotlight stage at Inbound. Nice. All right. George, how about you? Who needs to speak at inbound? So Jackie kind of stole mine because I was going to say Dan Moyle and Jackie Friender. Like, and, and here's why. My, I literally have a legitimate reason why. If you look at any poll that was done online of what people are most excited about when it comes to inbound, it was the breakout sessions. It was not the keynote speakers. And so I know that you two, and if Jen wanted to, or anybody else from the Impulse Creative team, to be honest with you, wanted to be a breakout person at inbound that the amount of value that would be given would make the event astronomically better than if we weren't there. So, so that's why I say that now what as selfishly and people might actually like lose their mind when I say this, because a lot of people think that I love the guy then hated the guy and then maybe sort of love the guy, but there's like this weird uh, relationship. This, this bromance happening right now. I'm curious now. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm super – I think it's time to bring him back. I, I, He's been there two times. I think next year would be an amazing time to bring him back because his brand has absolutely exploded. There's a story that could be told from 2012 to 2015 to, 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 to now. Um, and I, I would like to see Gary Vandichuk come back to inbound because um, – Yeah, he leads with value. Um, he gets the audience going. Um, and to be honest with you, it's like another opportunity that maybe I'll get to see him shake his hand. Heck, maybe we could sit down and have a beverage or a meal together because, you know, if he's going to be there, I'm going to reach out uh, because, uh, yeah, I'd love to really have a man to man, human to human talk uh, with that uh, OG of marketing right there. Yeah, man. That's a good one. Yeah, I saw him both those years and, and he would be great to come back. Absolutely. Dan, you uh, know who should come to inbound that we saw at another conference in Boston? Um, Billy Jean. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Do you follow him on Instagram now? I do. Yeah. Yeah. He's so great. Billy Jean would be a great breakout speaker, I think, or maybe a spotlight, but probably a breakout speaker because yeah. he's very tactical focused. And I think that's what's better use would be a breakout for sure. Oh, Jackie. That's awesome. Yes, absolutely. Get Billy Jean there. Hashtag get Billy Jean to inbound, right? Oh my God. He would come. He's awesome. Uh, Remington, who do you want to see speaking inbound? So I echo George's sentiment with Gary V. Um, Gary V's message has changed quite a bit, at least from what I can see on LinkedIn, especially over the past year. And I think it fits into 
it fits into a lot of that. And then the other one, um, and I think it's, I think it should be for like a keynote stage is Joey Coleman. Everyone's talking about, everyone's talking about, um, experience and all this stuff. And, you know, we, I, I got to see Joey, um, you know, I've read Joey's book. I've got to see Joey Coleman talk about, <clears throat> talk about the, the first 100 days and all these things. And, and it just fits so well. Like he could have been a keynote speaker at this event. It would have fit in perfectly in that regard. Um, and so, yeah, Joey Coleman for sure. And I think he would totally like just blow away the crowd too. If nice. you could get that platform. Dude, I upvote that one. Upvote it. Upvote it. Man, all great suggestions. All great suggestions. So I'm, so I'm going to throw one out there that's going to be very odd probably to everybody listening yes. and even everybody on this thing here, right? So just this, in this last week here, the band tool, uh, uprooted Taylor Swift at the top of the charts. Now, many people may not know who tool is. But Tool for years and years, up until just this year, actually, I think it was August, have never had their music available on streaming. It's only been available in album form. And so they all of a sudden brought their whole library out to Apple Music, to Spotify, to all the streaming services. They brought out their, their latest album, the first in 13 years. And so many people were, were thinking it's going to be overrated. This is going to be terrible, whatever. And like, it has ever- I have to say, Dan, I'm smelling desperation. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it seemed like, right? But in all reality, like, man, they they rocked it. And so I would love to either see Maynard James Keenan or the band Tool at Inbound in some way. Whether it's like one of those interview things, like Katie Couric interviewed John Foraker and Jennifer Garner, which, by the way, was amazing. Or it's or them- the way they did Janelle Monet, right? Jen went to that. They interviewed Janelle Mo- Monet, you yeah. know, on like a stage. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, Janelle was there this year, Cindy Lauper a few years ago. So they've had entertainers there. I would love to see Tool just talk about how the world has changed when it comes to getting your message out there. You know, they're very progressive rock and like you have to listen to the whole album and their songs are, you know, 15 minutes long and they're just, it's crazy. And yet in this, this, this economy of, of ADHD, like legitimate ADHD, but also just our squirrel syndrome, uh, it, it works. Right. So I'd love to see Maynard James Keenan on the stage there. That'd be mine. All right. This has been incredible. We could go on for forever. I feel like this has been 10 minutes for us, but I looked at the clock and it's been almost an hour. So we're going to, we're going to wrap this up, but because this is a crossover, we've got three shows here. I want to give a chance for each of us to plug our podcast. I like a little bit of alliteration there. Um, Jackie or Jen talk for those who are listening on Wayfinding Growth or Sprocket Talk, talk about Maiden Voyage for us real quick. Where can we find it? What is it? Maiden Voyage is a collection of all the female minds at Impulse Creative. We get together once a week for about 30 to 45 minutes and talk about things that are happening in our lives, affecting us professionally, personally, as well as within our industry. So some hot topics, some spicy topics, some girl gossip. We welcome members of both and all sexes to join us on our voyage. Um, and yeah, we are on, I don't know, Jen, YouTube. Uh, follow the Facebook page. We have Facebook on Facebook. Um, I don't do that part of it. Um, you can find <laughs> us on all the places. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the fun part of it is we do like a video version too for people that like a visual to see what's going on. But we also people, I know like some of my friends say they just like put it on in the morning while they're like getting ready. They just listen to the audio. Yeah. Um, so that's like the beauty of it too. You can kind of multitask and get some bits of information on it. And we're damn funny. Like we have fun on that podcast um, and bring up, like Jackie said, some really kind of like hot controversial topics that are really both inspiring and like a little gut wrenching stuff that kind of gets us fired up and passionate. And we hope that it's something that gets you passionate too, that we can share and make some changes about. 
And we release new episodes every Thursday. All right. And uh, and not to tell you how to do your show, but I think you should invite Geraldine DeRoyter on. I think she'd be fantastic for you guys. George, for those who are listening on Maiden Voyage or Wayfinding Growth, what's Sprocket Talk? Yeah, absolutely. If you're a HubSpot user or you're thinking of becoming a HubSpot user, uh, you want to head over to SprocketTalk.com. You'll get all the episodes, tutorials, updates, interviews, uh, all sorts of stuff over there. Uh, but it really is helping businesses in sales, marketing, and service get 100% ROI out of HubSpot. Uh, and, and really our core belief and where we're trying to attack and help people is with the tactical, meaning if there's a knowledge gap between what you're trying trying to achieve and what you're learning at HubSpot Academy, then SprocketTalk.com is the right place for you. Amen. All right. Very good. So for those on Sprocket Talk uh, or those on Ma- uh, Maiden Voyage, Remington, you want to go after Wayfinding Growth? Yeah. So um, Wayfinding Growth is my therapy every other week. Um, <laughs> but the other side is where we get to we get to talk to people about growth. And the theme that we've had over the past, um, especially this season, has been very much about um perceived overnight successes and how much they hurt and where all the bruises are. So we've talked about those shipwrecks. We've, we've interviewed some really amazing people. Um, and, and then, you know, my therapy sessions are really where we open up the kimono, if you will, for impulse and my thoughts and, and everything. So everything from how I, how I think about my team as family all the way through to in things that inspire moves and the journey that got us here. So if you are interested in what it takes to grow, we are bringing all the people together to let you know what to avoid and where to set course. Great stuff. And that comes out every Tuesday morning. So look for that on all your podcast players of choice. Excellent, everybody. Hey, this has been so much fun for me. Uh, I hope it's been fun for you four faithful mm, viewer. I hope it's been fun for you. Absolutely. Any last thoughts anybody wants to throw out there before we say goodbye? Don't get forget. your tickets for Inbound now. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely yeah, get tickets. See you in the Western Lobby in 362 days. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. All right, everybody. Cheers. Peace out. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it. Post it, tweet it, gram it, email a friend, give the gift of knowledge to someone you know that could benefit from it. And if you really loved it, please consider leaving a rating and written review on your podcast player of choice. And as always, go to wayfindinggrowth.com for resources and past episodes. Remember, we're here to help you navigate your business growth with strategic conversations and insights from experts in multiple industries. Thank you for listening to Wayfinding Growth.